Welcome to Dog Talk and Kitties Too. I'm Tracy Hotchner. I wrote the Dog Bible, Everything Your Dog Wants You to Know, as well as the Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know. This episode features one of three guests who were part of my weekly hour-long NPR show broadcast over the air every Sunday on WLIW-FM 88.3, the only NPR station on Long Island where it has broadcast continuously for over 15 years. This show is about dogs, cats, and other creatures who share the planet with us. Please check out my other Pet Talk podcasts at tracyhotchnerpets.com. This show would not be possible without the longtime support of Waruva, the pet food company founded and privately run by David Foreman, who named it after his rescued kitties, Webster, Rudy, and Vanessa. Waruva is a quirky name for a company with whimsical names for the dozens of different cans and pouches of cat food they make. But what sets them apart is how serious David is about high-quality nutrition. They were the first pet food company to use human edible ingredients and process them in the same facilities that make human food, remaining privately owned and run, accountable only to their own high standards. This show is also made possible with the generous support of Dr. Elsie's, the privately owned litter and cat food company founded by Dr. Bruce Elsie a feline-only veterinarian. He personally created many styles of litter to make sure that even the fussiest cats would not have out-of-litter box problems, the number one reason people abandon their kitties. Dr. Elsie also created his own brand of cat food called Clean Protein, the first dry cat food I can recommend because it's based on the protein found in a cat's natural prey. Dr. Elsie's is also the founding and continuing sponsor of my New York Cat Film Festival of which I am the founder and director along with the annual New York Dog Film Festival, which premiere in New York City every October and then travel the USA and Canada supporting local animal welfare groups. Go to dogfilmfestival.com and catfilmfestival.com to find out when we'll be where. I have a really interesting guest today, someone I just was fascinated by. So I said, Rikhil Bahadur, would you talk to me on Dog Talk about the dog in the movie that you've submitted to the Dog Film Festival? But also, you now live in Vancouver, born in India, then went to London, now live in Vancouver. And there's apparently a dog culture in Vancouver, which I've seen on one film that was submitted to the Dog Film Festival. And my eyes sort of bugged out, and I thought I'd seen a lot of dog cultures. But what most grabbed me was that you've made a narrative film, meaning with a script and actors, and you're the director, mm-hmm. called Homeless. And it's about homeless dogs and homeless people. And these are things that are very resonant to me as things we should care about and that matter. So welcome to the show. But let me also say I have not watched your whole movie because I think that would be not ethical. I don't look at any of the submissions until June. So those 40 people who've already submitted movies, don't worry. Rick Hill's movie doesn't get any higher on the scale than yours. I'm going to look at them all together. But you did make a trailer, and it's a really cool trailer. So I have a kind of a sense of the movie. So welcome to the show, and congratulations on being a filmmaker who was had a big impact in India in filmmaking even before you left India, didn't you? 
Yes, thank you so much, Tracy. Thank you for having me on the show, firstly. Uh, I'm quite excited to be here. But yes, you are correct. I did make a film in India. And um, I'm proud to say that it was one of the first tackling a very sensitive issue with a mainstream studio. So, yeah. And the sensitive issue was LGBTQ. And then you even had more letters after it in your director's biography on Film Freeway, which, by the way, folks, if if any of you don't know, you go to Film Freeway and that's how you submit a film to the New York Dog Film Festival. The ninth annual will be in New York City. October 23rd is the premiere. I hope that Rick Hill might be able to come. Uh, So this is great. (laughs) You've already tackled uh, thorny, if you will, social issues, LGBTQ being a thorny issue everywhere. But is it more so in India? Um, I have to say yes. Uh, And it's kind of been like a sine wave, uh, keeps going up and down at the time when we, so so the feature that I made that's now on Netflix started off as my graduation film when I was doing film school in London. And that was a short film. And at that time when we were shooting the short film, which was also shot in India, um, being gay was illegal, if that makes any sense. Wow. But the law didn't know it. And there was actually a whole movement going on at the time and people were fighting for rights to, you know, have equal rights and stuff like that. And we made that short film in the middle of all of that. Um, It was really interesting doing the research for that film. Uh, While I do make fiction films, and that's been my forte all these years, but I do like to research them and sort of have a hint of reality and storytelling in there. And then that went on to become the feature. And then in the middle of the feature in the short, it was actually legalized, like a homosexuality was legalized, homosexual marriages were uh, legalized. Um, but by the time was film, the film was ready and ready to come out, that decision was reversed. And so it was it was quite an up and down journey. And there was a lot of opposition that we faced for it. India hadn't done, I want to say any, but I'm going to say many <laughs> uh, films on this subject. Right. And so it was really getting the support, getting it made, doing the auditions, putting the whole thing together. But yeah, it was, I have to say, it awareness about it, acceptance of it, having lived in London, having made the short film in London, it was tougher. And I have to say that it was a bigger deal in India than it was in other parts of the world at the time. Well, I, I take my hat off to you. I think that's extraordinary. What is the name of the movie on Netflix? We should all watch it just to support <laughs> you as a budding filmmaker, and now you've fully blossomed. But what was what is the name of that film? The film is called Time Out. Time Out. Okay. It's one. So anybody curious, it sounds – I can't wait. And Netflix is great. Once you belong to Netflix, you get to have everything. So this this arrival in Vancouver – and the inspiration yep. to make a, a very, you know, grown-up-looking, if you will, film called Homeless that I have not fully watched, but I only watched the trailer. <laughs> it was, as I understand right. it, talk a little bit about thematically how it was a juxtaposition of homeless people, homeless dogs. It was an interesting intersection that you created in your narrative film or, as you say, fiction film. Right. Um Homeless actually started off as a seed. Like, I have always had dogs growing up, uh, and I love dogs, and I've wanted to make a film with a dog in the lead for a very long time. There is a film that I'm actually, that I've already scripted. We're in the middle of pitching it, which is about a dog in the Indian Army. Nothing like that has ever been made in India. Really? And when I'm Vancouver, yeah, it's, it's amazing, but it's never been done. And so when we moved to Vancouver, that film was being scripted and both me and my partner were like, you know, we really want to shoot a film with a dog. And um, 
when we came to Vancouver, the uh, first thing that we noticed was the dog culture, like you also mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it just hits you in the face. Um, I don't know if people in Vancouver realize how amazing it is, but uh, for us coming from outside, like just to see how well dogs are integrated into society, into everyday life. There was a brief period when I was working with a studio in Vancouver and in my interview, I was asked, are you a dog person? And my partner as well, she was working in a different studio. And you're both filmmakers. In her studio, she, we're both filmmakers. She's wow. in in our duo. She's the producer. I'm the director. So everything we do, which we call our own films, is produced by her and directed by me, and That's we write wonderful. it together. That's so cool. <laughs> Thank you. And so yeah. So when she went for her dog, when she went for her interview, she was actually asked, "Are you a dog person?" And she said, "Yes, I am. Of course. Uh, why do you ask?" And the person replied, saying, "Well, if you're not a dog person, unfortunately, we can't give you the position because our office is a dog-friendly office, and we make no exceptions to that." Oh my and that goodness! And then I did my interview, and I was asked the same question in a totally different studio. She was in VFX, I was in animation. Totally different cultures, totally different studio. But the question was the same: Are you a dog person? No. If you're not, you're going to be restricted to certain parts because we don't restrict dog movement in the studio oh or pet movement God. in general. It wasn't restricted just to dogs. Rick Hill, this and is incredible. This is, so the dogs have the freedom and the dogs are the ones who decide who gets hired, basically. Yes, pretty much. Oh, my <laughs> God. Much. That's so wild. Yeah. Well, I had it, no it, idea. It I mean, the, the movie that, that was that was in uh, those of you that have been to the film festival every year, and thank you for your uh, loyalty to the festival. It just seems, in my opinion, to get better every year. There was a about a 30-minute documentary about the dog culture. And I, as I recall, it did show dogs being in restaurants and shops, but it was also the costumes. Many of these people, the dogs have much more elaborate l l wardrobe than I do. And the people are out and the dogs oh, are dressed and and it's just like totally normal. It's like Halloween every day, except for not dressed as a hot dog. They're dressed as a, you know, like a little rich kid, a little rich human kid wearing yeah. designer clothes or something. It was amazing. I mean, it was kind of hilarious. And you want to think, oh, that's that's sort of, you know, I don't know, immoral or something. And you think, oh, it is not. They're having a good time. Let them enjoy themselves. But you do you see it everywhere? Uh, yeah, pretty much everywhere. Uh, one really interesting incident for us was we were walking down. Vancouver has this beautiful uh, uh, walkway next to the sea. It's called the seawall. Okay. And one of our first few weeks, we were walking there. And we noticed a lot of people with prams just walking down. And we were like, wow, that's so nice. People are walking their babies on the seawall. <laughs> and and we, we crossed the prams. They're not babies. They're dogs. <laughs> There are dogs inside those prams. And oh coming my from God. India straight up, we were like, whoa. That is crazy. <laughs> prams on the seawall promenade. That is yeah. that is wild. Okay, let's talk about your movie, which is not to give it, as I say, a leg up necessarily in the Dog Film Festival. But can you talk right. about the dog who's the star? Because the trailer, which maybe there's a way for me to <laughs> link to the trailer in the, the podcast version of, of this conversation – that dog is such a movie star. It's like, what the heck? How did you get such a, like, I don't know, it seems like the the Dwayne Johnson, the rock dog star, kind of. <laughs> He's so cool. He totally is. And he loves the camera. He loves to act. And I'm so glad we chose him. When we decided to start casting for the film, I had no idea where to start. And there was this group on Facebook called the Vancouver 
dogs or something like that. And I just posted over there saying, hey, I want to make this film. And um, I don't know where to start. Can someone guide me? I'm looking for this, this, this type of a dog. And I got about 100 replies. I got oh 82 God. different dogs who sent me pictures of no. themselves. So I, I very coolly tell all my friends I auditioned 82 dogs. I didn't audition <laughs> 82 dogs. But we narrowed it down to about six or seven who we did audition. And the dog that we, that's in our film, who's now like, I mean, I love him like my own now. Uh, and his mom has also become a very good friend of ours. His name is Rocco. And that's, that's when we were supposed him. to meet Rocco, we were, sorry? That suits him. It just, Rocco is the perfect name for that dog. That's, like The Rock. I said The Rock, Dwayne Rocco. Johnson. I didn't even know that was his name, Rocco. <laughs> his full name is Rocco the Adorable. And he is adorable. Now, had and, he ever been a trained movie actor before? He had not. But when we met him the first time, uh, he had done a very small course, which was about uh, training to be photographed. So he kind of knew the basic stuff oh. of sit, mark, stuff like that. Really? But when we met him, it didn't seem a lot different than what we had seen dogs in Vancouver be. Like, I mean, again, one of the things about Vancouver culture we noticed was dogs are so well trained and they interact so beautifully with humans. Nice. And so... We met Rocco. What stuck out to us was his ears. They're so yes. cute. And his eyes, which are so expressive. Like, he literally talks through his eyes. Yeah. And and uh, we spoke to his mom about the film, and she was so excited. And I always tell everybody, filmmaking is more about wanting to make the film happen than anything else. And his mom was so excited, and she was like, you know, we're going to do whatever it takes, and whatever Rocco needs to do. And so she was really, really instrumental in training Rocco for the film. Um, and she him did it all herself. Do... I mean, she's not a professional. She is not. She did it That's all great. herself. She did have a trainer helping her out. But I think that was what Rocco's general training anyway was. But everything for the film, as far as I know, was done by Jen, who's the mom. And she's been amazing through and through. And there were many moments, and this is why I say Rocco's a complete actor and he loves the camera. There were many moments in the film where I would just go like, hey, Jen, do you think he could do this? I know we didn't train for this. And she'd be like, I don't know. There are like about 15 people on set and like, you know, there's lots of cameras, lots of distractions. I don't think we should waver. And I was like, let's just give it a try. And she'd literally go and talk to Rocco, spend five minutes with him, uh, make him do the action a couple of times. And Rocco would get it. He would wow. just do it. And many of them, she would come to me like, I didn't think he could do that. Isn't that something? And, so that's an interesting thing. I never knew there were classes you could take to teach your dog to be photographed, like sit or, or you know, put your you head that. down. or That makes sense. Or Mark. I did have in, – in the film festival that's traveling this year. So those of you who are going to the film festival, it's already in like 30 cities, and this is only, you know, the beginning of the year. And so it will be in about 100 before the summer comes. There, there is a film in there called Filming Dogs, and it's about three people who have dogs right. that want them to professionally be filmed. And it's pretty fabulous to see the dogs who love doing it. You know, it's you don't have to worry. We're, we're, no animals were harmed in the making of this movie. It's the opposite. It's like the dog wanted to do another take. The dog wants another, wants another close-up, right? I mean, they just love it, the ones who yeah. love it. 
They really do. There's this one incident with Rocco on set and he, there was a scene where he's supposed to be barking. And obviously when he's barking, he's worked up. And uh, Jen asked him to start barking and there was a mark that he had to hit. And the camera was pretty close to him. So the focusing distance was really short. And Rocco started barking and he got really excited and took a couple of steps forward. And the DP just went like, oh no, we lost focus. He missed his mark. And that's all he said. Rocco stopped barking, looked down, took two steps back. Stop it. Started barking. Again. Cut it and out. And we were all like, we just Cut like, oh my out. God. Oh my goodness. And people think yeah. dogs don't understand language. Funny. They so understand language. And the more you talk to them and help them to understand human ideas and human words, that's a pretty, yeah. that, that kind of gives you chills. Dog's like, oh, sorry, it boss. Does. I'll just back up a couple of steps and start over. Take yeah. two. That's very neat. Well, Rick Hill, we're short on time. I just want to say that I think the theme of the movie sounds fantastic, that, you know, dogs can be created at homeless by people booting them out or yeah. neglecting them in some way, and that the homeless people out there who yeah. people treat quite badly as well, that I'm sure your movie is about empathy for both. And that's what I'm hoping it's about because that those are topics that I think are really important for all of us to feel something about and care yeah. something about. And it's really great that Rocco the Adorable may be the guy that gets us there. Just in the minute or so we have <laughs> left, do you have any other dog movies on your plate? Any Anything that you're creatively thinking of or the next time it's going to be some other creature? Uh, there are actually two more dog films on my plate Ooh. at the moment. In fact, two in the books and one in my mind. <laughs> so nice. Yeah, three, I would say. Well, if you can keep them short, uh, you may you may be the the guy that has a film f from now on in every year of the film festival, the Cat Film Festival. There's a filmmaker <laughs> named Kim Best. She flies into the city every year for the Cat Film Festival premiere, and she has had, if not one, two movies every single year in the Cat Film Festival. And I choose on merit. I choose on the film, obviously. And I wouldn't actually want to pick somebody year after year or twice in one year. I want to give everybody a chance. But if movies are yeah. too good, they're too good, and everyone deserves to see them. I would love Rick Hill <laughs> Bahadur to become that guy in the film festival. Oh, it's another Rick Hill film. What's he going to cook up now with dogs? That's, that's what I'd like to happen. Is there anything um, that you want to say to people in Vancouver who might be listening or, or downloading the podcast later about dogs? I mean, any, any, any well wishes to them? Because they seem like an amazing group of people. They are an amazing group of people. I don't know if there's anything I can say to them, but I just want to say continue being what you are yes. and like continue loving the way you do because it is so amazing so refreshing um yeah like i i don't know what to say that's a great <laughs> message I, ju I just think any place where hiring is based on how much you like dogs is just a place many of us <laughs> who love dogs and those of you who love this show and and love what i do here at least we all should maybe we should take a dog talk trip to vancouver and ricky bahadur and uh, and his friends there will take us on a tour of the dog specific oh, places that I think that we may have to plan that that's our going to be our idea of adventure travel in 2024. Thank you for being here. I wish you really good luck with the film. I hope that the director of the film festival loves it as much as I already seem to, but I don't want to seem biased. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It was amazing chatting with you.
I hope you enjoyed the show. There are a few more special companies that make this show possible, and I hope you'll try their products because they support my mission to entertain you with valuable information and advice. This show is supported by Earth Animal, which is privately owned by Dr. Bob and Susan Goldstein, where they create holistic pet wellness products with an emphasis on their stewardship of the Pet Sustainability Coalition. Earth Animal makes a dazzling array of healing products for dogs and cats, as well as the innovative dog chew, No Hide, and the hybrid dry food, Wisdom, which is sometimes all that my picky Weimaraner Maisie will eat. The show is also brought to you in part by Evermore Pet Food, privately owned by two dedicated women who take human edible, ethically sourced ingredients to gently cook dog food that is then frozen in pouches and shipped right to your door. They founded and run their own company and answer to their own high standards without interference from venture capital investors. My dogs love it every single day.